The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Thousands of people have died and many more thousands have been reported missing due to the catastrophic floods in Libya that have swept towns and cities away. I'm joined by Scott Lucas, Professor of US Politics at the Clinton Institute at UCD. Scott, good morning. Very good morning to you, Pat. Now, this was always going to be a disaster of some measure because eight months worth of rain fell in just a day. And uh, there are not many countries that could sustain that kind of weather event without consequences. Well, just to give you a sense of the scale of this, Pat, uh, the center of this flooding is a city called Derna in eastern Libya, which has 125,000 residents. This morning, an official, a Libyan official said 5,300, more than 5,300 people there are confirmed to be killed and tens of thousands of, are missing. So consider if, you know, already you had something that hit Dublin like this and 5% of the population was killed immediately and then potentially up to half of it might be uh, dead by the time we finally assess the toll. 23 foot high uh, waves swept that city from the river that runs through the middle of it. Why did it come about? As you mentioned, this eight months of rain in a single night came from a Mediterranean storm, which is kind of called a Medicaine because it was hurricane strength called Daniel. And so already you've got the effects of climate change because you're getting warmer waters in the Mediterranean that creates more of these storms and means that they last longer. Secondly, you had very poor infrastructure in Libya uh, the dams are not being maintained. And what happened is, is that the dams broke. And when the dams broke under the weight of the rainfall, then this flooding occurred. And then thirdly, the infrastructure is not being maintained because you actually have two Libyan governments. You have the government in the West that we know in Tripoli, the more traditional government. But then most of Eastern Libya is controlled by the military forces of a man named General Halifa Haftar. And of course, when you get that type of instability and ongoing fighting, basic things like providing the safety of your people, they don't tend to be the top priority. Um, that military regime, which is controlling a greater part of uh, the east of Libya, I mean, are they doing all the things that governments normal normally do, or do they see themselves principally as a military force with military objectives? No, I mean, you, you run the cities. So, you know, you still have your political branches, right? Otherwise, you know, where, where do you get your support from the people? You know, you just have complete chaos and anarchy. So, no, they do try to provide basic services. But, of course, it's not just a question of providing basic services. When you have to maintain infrastructure, when you talk about your roads, when you talk about your utilities, when you talk about provision of fuel and water, when you talk about maintaining dams, that takes up a great deal of money. It takes up a great deal of organization, and it requires a great deal of skill. And when you have groups that have been fighting, fighting for more than a decade to control these areas, providing that long-term investment and that long-term maintenance of infrastructure, that's where the real problem comes, and you just simply see this as the outcome. The cracks of those years of poor maintenance with very, very deadly consequences over the last 24 hours. I'm wondering, though, would any kind of maintenance have been able to buttress these dams uh, against the, the sheer weight of the water of eight months of rain in a day? I mean, we don't know. I mean, we, we honestly don't know, Pat, and that would take an engineering assessment probably if we, in fact, are able to to get to the remnants of the dams to assess whether, in fact, you know, that they just simply 
even if they had been in 100% condition, would have collapsed under the weight of the water. I guess what I can tell you, and it's a horrible, and it's a horrible cliche, which is apt in these circumstances, when you get a perfect storm, when you get a perfect storm of this medicaid, uh, this hurricane fueled by climate change, with the question of a weakened infrastructure, with the question of which faction is in control of these areas, when all of this comes together, this is going to happen. It just so happens that it occurred in Libya, where a lot of the world has turned, a lot of the world's closed its eyes to what's happened there since Muammar Gaddafi fell in 2011. Um, the, the other question is if you have uh, dams that are maintained uh, and even if they ultimately collapsed, perhaps uh, you, there might have been warning signs, cracks appearing, monitored, evacuation of populations and so on. And the other finger that's being pointed is at the authorities for not looking at the experience of this storm and what it did in Greece and what it might do to any landfall that it reached. Um, and uh, clearly there were no early warnings for the populations. Yeah, and that's an extremely good point, Pat, that you've made. I mean, you should be the one being, doing the analysis here because when you talk about any type of impending disaster like this, the question of advanced preparation and notification is essential. Um, I just had an experience where my family, you know, faced the possibility of a hurricane in Florida two weeks ago, and they were evacuated a couple of days before the weight of that hurricane came through. So they were safer. They were inland here. When you do not maintain that early warning system, and that requires, you know, civilian officials. It requires civilian officials who have years of experience, who have years of being able to assess what's happening. A lot of those officials are gone. They have, you know, simply fled the country, or a lot of some of them were killed during the various uprisings and instability we've had in Libya. And the priority of your system is not necessarily to replace them. The priority of your system is to bolster your military. Mm. Uh, the priority of your system is to bolster the day-to-day -day services that you can provide. Uh, I do say, think, however, that beyond that, you're quite right to point to Greece. And that is, when you look at Greece and what has happened there, that should be a red flag for every country along the Mediterranean, um, including countries that are in much better shape than Libya, which is... We're going to face this now as a part of our daily lives. And if you do not make the preparations that are necessary, uh, because climate change is not going to be reversed within a week, within a month, within years, if you do not make the preparations that are necessary, you are putting your people in imminent danger. Mm -hmm. and, and, and authorities around the Mediterranean, indeed around the world, need to acknowledge that fact. And finally, Scott, if we think that that's Libya, we're here, we're insulated from the effects of this kind of thing. Uh, the oil price is likely to rise because uh, Libya's exporting ability will be impacted. Well, you know, before getting to oil prices, I'll just say, Pat, as someone whose heart is still now in Ireland and who is on the verge of moving there, you know, Ireland is not secure from this type of thing either. And you can talk about the Irish coastline and talk about changes there. We'll leave that for another day. But when you talk about the oil prices that are taking place, I, I think the immediate effect on oil prices is going to be buttressed by the fact that there are other countries that are looking to ramp up their oil output. One of those is Iran. Of course, can Iran increase its oil output uh, given the ongoing U.S.-led sanctions against it? And it really turns upon what the Saudis do. The Saudis have cut their production in recent months, trying to benefit from a higher oil price. 
now if Libya production is taken offline, the Saudis could step in to fill the gap, which eases that shock, which means, of course, that as the big disaster takes place with these tens of thousands who may be dead, if we look at our price at the petrol pump, we say, eh, we're not really taking that much of a shock from it. Scott Lucas, Professor of U.S. Politics at the Clinton Institute at UCD. Scott, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.